Hello and welcome to the Marketing Times Analytics Podcast. This is season four and today I'm on with Christian Mercado. Christian, this is your second time on the podcast. Do you want to give the audience a quick uh, overview of who you are, what you're doing? Tell us about it. Yes. So again, thank you for inviting me on this podcast again. I mean, you know, the first time was a lot of fun. We had a lot of great conversation. Uh, my name is Christian Mercado. I'm a digital marketer and a new watch collector. Nice. Yeah, you just started a new watch business. Tell us about it. Yes. Um, yeah, so I I was always kind of like into luxury watches, but I didn't know how to really get into it. Um, but I see it more as an investment now. Um, sometimes they do, depending on the watch, they do better than the stock market. So now I see it as like an investment asset type uh, collection. Um, so what I do is I help people find the watch of their dreams or <laughs> a watch that they're looking to just add to their collection. Um, and I can find that at better than market price and get them a good deal for it. Nice. Well, so if anybody wants a new luxury watch at a great deal, reach out to Christian. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. Timeless Mercado. Yes. What was it? What was it again? Uh, Timeless Mercado LLC. Perfect. Nice. New one, is, new one is my new baby. I'm, I'm looking forward to growing it this year. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. So, um, t so what is, I mean, do, do you want to dive into the marketing related to that? Do you want to talk about marketing more in general, the other things you're doing? Yeah, we could definitely talk about what I've been doing the past year, you know, since the last time we spoke. Um, yeah, let's do that. When it comes to the watch, uh, when it comes to Timeless Mercado, I'm not really doing what I usually do. <laughs> I'm just allowing the market because, you know, I put these watches on eBay, Facebook Marketplace when I do have to sell it. So it's not, you know, I don't really have to use uh, advertising for that. But when I do have a lot more to my collection, eventually, yes, I will make the website like I'm used to making and, and the advertising. Uh, so aside from that, what I've been doing the past year is a lot of influencer marketing for uh, e-commerce brands, especially this one company I've been working with the past year called Level 8 um, and another one called Everfund. But with Level 8, we've been doing a lot more influencer collaborations. Uh, it's been a learning experience. <laughs> you know, sometimes you think, you know, you work with an influencer and you think uh, you get a lot of crazy results because they have like a million followers and that's not really so much the case sometimes. Um, just as context, Level 8 does sell higher priced items so you're not going to get as many results as compared to a 20 dollars product when you advertise to a million followers so interesting um, so how yes. would you how would you select an influencer you know there's a lot of people out there who might have a million followers some of them might be paid for followers some of them might be organic and really high intent how do you differentiate yeah, so I use a software called Trend Hero. Uh, it analyzes their followers on Instagram, and I get to see kind of their demographics, like where they're from, uh, top five countries, uh, whether they're male, female, and the ratio of real followers, followers that follow like mass accounts uh, or accounts in mass, and whether they're fake, like. Uh, fake account. So 
I get to see some of that information. You can't always, you know, Trend Hero, I wouldn't say is 100% accurate because I do cross-reference. I check with the software and then I ask them to send me screenshots of their uh, demographics just to make sure that they're, you know, both making sense. Um, but I do rely on Trend Hero when I see like 60% of their followers are fraud. I'm like, I won't take my chances on that. <laughs> yeah. How does How does somebody get that much fraudulent followers how do you do you you can definitely pay for it i think it's like it's like 20 bucks to get like ten thousand followers or something i don't know i never done it (laughs) but i think i think that's how uh, it's kind of priced you know ten thousand is like conceivable but i'm i'm wondering like how do you get like half a million fake accounts like that's a lot of volume there we're talking like a very professional operation to have that level at scale. There, there's softwares out there. Um, you could just keep paying for it over time. I was going to mention, you know, when I do use Trend Hero, it shows me a graph, and I could see like little spikes. <laughs> if they if they are buying fake followers, I could see the spikes in there. Oh wow! Know, uh, the graph over time, yeah. So that gives me another idea. Uh, you can also see like engagement rate, you know, how many of the comments are from fake followers. Uh, in my experience so far, we have a lot of people DMing level eight about collaborations. You know, they see that level eight works with a lot of influences on Instagram. And I'd say a lot of the time, like 60% of the time, maybe it's influencers contacting level eight for like money opportunity. Like maybe they just want a one-time collaboration of, $2,000 and then like, that's it. They're happy with that. <laughs> um, and the reason why I'm saying that is because they probably don't have that great of a following as in equality of followers. So we okay. do a lot of influencers trying to reach out and say, Hey, let's collaborate. And then I check their, the audience and it's like, it's not good. <laughs> so let's say you find somebody with Definitely. a really, really good audience. What's the next step? Yeah, so let's say they, they everything checks out. Um, I feel like it would be a good c- collaboration. It fits with their brand, the brand's identity. Uh, next step is, you know, just giving them kind of like a campaign overview. I usually send them a PowerPoint of how many reels we want. You know, uh, when, first I tell them how many reels we want, car- carousel posts, all in a collaboration. We agree on our price. And then I will tell them, uh, exactly what each post is for. Like I would say the first few posts is probably for brand awareness. Don't try to sell to the customers. This is only just to introduce level eight to their followers. Um, then the next post after that would probably be for sales or a giveaway. Depends, uh, on that month, uh, what's more important to level eight. But for the most part, I do sales first and then a giveaway either for the fourth post. Got it. And then would so the influ- and then the followers. Got it. And then would the would you create the creative or is the influencer generally doing all the creative work? Yeah, the influ- yeah, so the influencer does do the creative work. They tell me their ideas and then I kind of just guide them on how it should be. According like, you know, just the campaign the purpose of the campaign, right? Uh, so yeah, I do ask for their ideas first. Um, and we bounce around ideas as well. I like 
giving them more leeway when it comes to their ideas because it's their audience they know it better than i do <laughs> like they grew those followers because we're talking you know quality followers so they know what they're doing for example there's this guy i worked with this is funny because he, he proves me wrong when we do a campaign he made a campaign about using level eight luggage changing outfits for the airport a reel about changing outfits and he was on a treadmill and i'm like i don't know how that well that would do <laughs> It's just him walking on a treadmill and like changing outfits with the luggage. Of all the things I've, of all the cool things I've seen influencers do with Level Eight, that's probably like, I mean, it's cool, but it's like not too crazy. Anyway, that reel got thirty-four million views <laughs> wow. within like weeks, and I'm like, I, I, I don't know why. Uh, six months later, <laughs> we're like, like, hey, should we do it again? And I'm like. I think that was a one-time thing, <laughs> but we could do it <laughs> best. He does it again, and it reached two million within two weeks. <laughs> wow! And an influencer that usually gets like maybe two hundred k video views for his reels, so it's just funny. I don't know. Yeah, I mean that's the that's viral marketing. It's uh, you know it's one of those things that everybody wants. It's like the the golden egg. It's interesting how the landscape of advertising is changing and influencer marketing has grown tremendously especially as a result of social media because at you know especially before there was like um really like well-developed incentive programs like with youtube i feel like that that was like a natural that came as a natural way to monetize your social media following that the company wouldn't really get a cut of so um, I mean, it makes sense that that it arose. Would you say that influencer marketing is poised to surpass like traditional digital marketing, um, or has it already? Like, it, how where would you rank influencer marketing compared to the other digital tactics in terms of effectiveness? I still place Facebook number one, Google two. And that could be interchangeable, really. Uh, influencer marketing, probably third. Then there's TikTok. But you know what? That really depends on what product you have and the price point. That all changes depending on, yeah, your product or the service you provide. Um, so that depends. What, what products or audiences are more, are, are better suited for influencer marketing? You know, it does really well, uh, skincare stuff. <laughs> you always see that around. Nutrition stuff, uh, you know, like energy drinks probably. I, I see Bang doing a lot of uh, influencer marketing. You know, they use some of our influencers sometimes too. Um, yeah, I, I would say the smaller, uh, the lower priced items are great because it doesn't take much thinking to spend $25 on something or 30 Like, oh, mm -hmm. it's the skincare stuff. Let me try it. It's a bit more difficult for level eight because we're asking people to pay like $300, $200 for a luggage. Uh, level eight is a luggage company, the premium luggage company. Um, so you're going to need more influencer posts uh, just so the audience sees it once, they see it again. They're like, oh, this seems kind of cool. Let me consider it. 
you got to get we what i'm trying to do is get them to consider level eight luggage over the other competitors i have a a scenario for you you can pick between 10 influencers with 100k followers or one influencer with a million followers and they both have the same quality of followers which one would you pick Yeah, probably the the ten influencers with a hundred k. Because sometimes you know you can have a million followers, but that that doesn't mean that all of them are active and seeing your posts. I don't know, maybe like you know you're one of the Kardashians. <laughs> they get a lot of great engagement, but I, I've seen I've worked with uh, I've worked with a celebrity that had five million followers and it didn't get a lot of engagement. So I test the 10 different influencers and, and you know they all vary in engagement yeah more variability it's probably probably for the best but you know yeah. di distribute the risk yeah i think so. overall you would yeah distribute the risk and overall i think you would get more people to engage with those posts honestly so how do you weigh going to an influencer directly versus going to an agency that can sort of that connect connect you with different influencers yeah i don't really like working with agencies much <laughs> only because their priority is to make money off this not so much to cater to their followers so I like working with the influencers directly that don't have an agency because they're worried about their followers. The agencies are worried about making money off the campaigns for the most part, or at least the ones that I've dealt with. Um, and on top of that, it's just not cheaper, like <laughs> like cost effective, like they'll surcharge you for the service for connecting them. So I like when there are times where I have worked with uh, agencies for that. I've tried it, I gave it a shot. They were okay. Um, and then I've had times where those same influencers probably quit that agency and then they work with us directly. So that's nice too. I like that. Um, mm. What What are some things that you've learned this year about marketing, digital marketing that, that you think are, you know, relevant to marketers to, to know? Uh, I would say always negotiate. <laughs> if you're looking into influencer marketing, I would say, you know, it's important to negotiate. Uh, there's no there's no real line set for how much you should charge for the amount of followers. Uh, I, I've had people charge me $4,000 for a post and they only had 100,000 followers. And I've had people with 5 million followers charge me 5,000. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, um, it just doesn't make that much sense sometimes. Um, and I've had times where someone with a million followers, it would only charge me a thousand dollars or two. So, you know, it, it, it's always important to negotiate. There are times where those same people charging 4,000, I would tell them, you know, just cause I've been doing this for a year. Uh, I know, what to pay for at this point. So not to lowball them too much, but I'm not gonna 
overpay for something. So I tell them, I'm like, yeah, if you're charging 4,000, we're only going to do 1,500. And they're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not, you know, the prices aren't very set. Um, and you can negotiate that. I think it's important to negotiate with influencers. Um, let's see what else. I think that using influencer marketing shouldn't be your holy grail. If you haven't done it before, you should know that any form of marketing isn't going to be your holy grail, as in it's not going to save your business. Uh, you have to test different platforms. Uh, you have to test different angles. You know, uh, if you're doing Facebook marketing or TikTok marketing, it can't just be the same creative. You have to have different creative, different copy, and test which one does best. Uh, each platform has a different strategy to it. So TikTok, you have to renew the creatives every two weeks or so. Facebook, you could have the ads running for a bit longer, like a month. You could do like a month and a half, maybe two months sometimes. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely have to test it and learn the platform. Or you can find someone like me to do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> So when you're putting a, uh, an ad campaign on Facebook or Google, how are you arriving at the creative to write? Do you ever use like tools to assist you in figuring out what to write? Yeah, this is going to be a funny topic. Um, this is going to be a funny topic because I know you've been learning about it too. <laughs> now these days I've been using AI. I nice. Use GPT. I, use <laughs> I use Bard from Google. Google let me use Bard. They, you know, AI still has its pros and cons. You have to be careful with its accuracy. I was uh, in an argument with Google Bard last night, nice. <laughs> telling it, I was like, why why did you give me the wrong answer? <laughs> if you don't know the answer, don't tell me. And it's like, sorry, I, just, <laughs> I don't know the <laughs> answer. <laughs> um, but other, yes, I, I do use AI for the copy. Um, it's another, you know, it's one thing to brainlessly use AI and not think about how to come to that answer. Uh, I use it for ideas, you know, brainstorming. Uh, I mix and match different things together. But I, I like to learn from it, too, uh, because I think sometimes my own creativity is limited. And AI helps me, you know, just think about different angles, different ways to come across that uh, when I'm selling. Especially for Instagram captions. I use it a lot for Instagram captions. Hmm. What about mm -hmm. hashtags? Do you use, depending on the platform, which ones work best with hashtags? I always use hashtags. When it comes to TikTok and, and Instagram, I can't really tell. I, I think, yeah, Instagram does give you analytics on how many people are seeing the hashtags, but TikTok has to work on that. TikTok is a bit behind. With Instagram, competitively, they don't have as much analytics to show you. And let's say, for example, you want to look back this year for first quarter to review some data. You can't really do that with TikTok because you can only go back 60 days. TikTok basically has a, a good, really good algorithm for serving, like categorizing your content and serving it to specific you know, audiences that they think will like it. And that's unlike mm -hmm. a lot of the other platforms. Like it's the best one at doing that. So TikTok would be yes. a really good platform for testing new kinds of content, 
you know, new subject matter. Um, it's like a it's it's like a testing ground. And then the other platforms are better for like mastering that type of content. Like I noticed like Twitter has a very specific language that people use or attitude that people have. And then LinkedIn's a totally different, um, you know, culture, you could call it. Um, but then TikTok's yep. all over the place. You, you have like every kind of culture um, there. So, um, yep. Would you agree with that? And can you like expand on that? Like, do you have any ideas about how different platforms should be used for uh, different kinds of content. TikTok does have a really good algorithm. I mean, it gets me stuck there sometimes at 2 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I would just say that I've noticed TikTok sometimes doesn't do as well as Instagram Reels, but then in other cases, TikTok could do better than Instagram. So, you know, I, I think, again, that depends on maybe your topic, your product or service, you should, if you're not on TikTok or Instagram, either or, you should test both to see what works best for you. But I, I agree with that. That makes sense what you said. Um, it could be like a testing ground to reach out to different audiences. How do you figure out, should I do the same content and repurpose it on all the platforms versus a specific content for each platform? How do you decide on that? Or do you just sort of do the same content on all platforms? The lazier way is to do the same content on all platforms. <laughs> the If you want to do it right, I would say repurpose. Uh, do it a little differently for TikTok and Instagram. I've heard that Instagram doesn't really like when you're using the same, if you post on TikTok first, Instagram doesn't really like that you use the same video for Instagram and vice versa. Uh, also, aside from just the algorithm or, you know, those two brands, I would say you have to, it would be good to make it different because you want different audiences to see different things. Uh, if you have someone on Instagram that wants to follow you on TikTok, there's no incentive to follow you on TikTok as well because you're posting the same thing. So it would be good to make it different. I'm curious about what you've learned related to buying ad space on different platforms. Because I noticed that even when I'm trying to buy a camp, uh, you know, ad ads and run campaigns, that I often will like waste a lot of money just like trying to run something that doesn't doesn't convert. Like it might get clicks, it might get engagement, but it's not converting. I'm not selling anything. So, how do you how do you avoid that? How do you um, make sure that you know you're like you have a reasonable chance at actually selling products before, and you don't like waste a bunch of money? Yeah, that's a very big common issue. <laughs> Um, I know from my dropshipping days that to try avoiding that, you would need to find a product that was trendy, that not a lot of people was trying to sell yet, uh, because you know that takes up the ad space. Um, but let's say you know for the majority of business owners, they're not dropshipping, and that's okay. That's fine. Dropshipping's dying anyway. <laughs> but uh, to mitigate that you really kind of do need the money to spend at least monthly. Sometimes you can't rush the process. 
because you, you have to convince people to consider your product or service, why you're better. I would recommend making different creatives, different angles. Uh, some people like to say like a, you could say like a grocery store type of analogy where someone could walk into the store and see different products, you know, maybe in the same aisle, different, different brands, different products. They could all do something different, but that's what you kind of want to do when you advertise your product or service is show different angles and reasons why someone might want it because everyone's different too. Everyone thinks differently. Uh, there might be different reasons why they might, why you want to buy something. So to mitigate that, I would probably start with brand awareness campaigns first, because that's cheaper than just going straight to conversions. Uh, brand awareness campaigns, link clicks to the website would still be cheaper than conversions, like add to cart purchases. And then you're going to want to retarget those people with the different angles that you can come up with in your ads. And that, you know, that includes ad copy as well, along with different creatives. So cheaper on the front end because maybe, yeah, it's cheaper on the front end because you're doing brand awareness campaigns, but at least you're collecting that data. And then now you can retarget those same people that were interested in watching your video uh, with the actual conversion campaigns. Uh, I think that helps mitigate the cost. Yeah. And are you talking about retargeting in the same platform, like on Facebook, for example? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it could be, it could be almost anywhere. If, yeah, if someone on TikTok visited your website and you have the Facebook pixel in there, and then when they visit Facebook, they'll see your ad as well. So yeah, uh, retargeting anyone that's visited your website, maybe in the past 30 days, that's something to test as well. 30 days, 60 days two weeks. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, just sort of like working from like starting in a very like why you're, you're talking about, you know, upper funnel, mid funnel, lower funnel, really. Um, and yes. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Like you can't just blast a bunch of lower funnel creative out there and expect everybody to convert when they don't really know what's what the yeah. uh, product or brand is. So yeah, makes yeah, exactly. sense. People like to be part of a community as well. So if you show that there's a community behind your brand, um, that helps with the consideration process as well. So like another sign of social proof. That's what we do. We I do that heavily with Level 8. I always post on Instagram that there's someone using our luggage. They tagged us there. Um, but it's definitely a process. It's not something that could be rushed. What would you say is a good balance of spend and you know just cre creative resources on branding versus trying to get people to convert in sort of that lower funnel how do you decide you know very, how to balance those two it's a very good question um i think currently with the campaigns right now i have about 70% going to code audiences, spending on code audiences uh, for consideration. And then I have the rest 30%. Yeah, 30% are uh, retargeting. Okay, got it. So and the reason why I have it like that is because uh, we spend a certain amount a month 
Um, and I can't do it in reverse because then the people on the retargeting side would see the ad too much. So I have 70% going to code audiences and then uh, what's left over of the budget to retarget the other types of people in our funnel. So they're not, you know, the frequency, the number of times that they're seeing the ad, it, it could get annoying. So that's why you got to also work on uh, producing creatives. Yeah. And are you ever, are you ever driving people off of the social site where you're advertising and does that affect the, you know, effectiveness of the ad campaign versus if you were to sell it, you know, on Facebook or something? Uh, do you mean like the shops platform? Like TikTok has TikTok shop, I think now. Um, <coughs> yeah. Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it, yeah, are you driving? Are you driving within the platform to purchase or outside of the platform to purchase? And does that affect the like the sales rate? I haven't tested the in-house uh, shops yet when it comes to those platforms. I always send them to the website. I've always sent them to the e-commerce store. Okay. Um. For e-commerce stores, let's say somebody wants to create their own store. Would you recommend Shopify? Would you recommend hiring a developer, creating it from scratch? Like, what? How would you recommend somebody goes about that if they have a product idea but they don't have a website yet and they want to sell it, you know, on their own terms? Yeah, if it's for e-commerce, I would definitely recommend Shopify. I, I have, uh, I've always used Shopify. It's my favorite, so I'm a little biased. <laughs> but yeah, definitely Shopify is very user friendly. Other people use Wix and, you know, other platforms, but I feel like Shopify was very user-friendly. Um, Shopify does offer templates, so it's not very, it's not too difficult to create your own website. I think, I think it's important to at least try making your own website with Shopify, seeing how everything works. That's not to say if you have the money to just get the, the developer. Maybe off Fiverr for a hundred dollars. I don't know. <laughs> Wherever you want to go, but um, I think it's good to learn that a bit, understand you know what issues might arise from a certain page, and telling the developer like, "Hey, I need this fixed," uh, and just understanding how that works. Yeah, that makes sense. You you never want to like be taken advantage of because you didn't do the research and you don't yeah. know sort of what actual work goes into what you're asking for. And you could be asking for something that's actually really easy and they're overcharging or the opposite. Yes. Although it's unlikely exactly. that it would be the opposite, but yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. I yes. I've, I've spun up a couple websites. I also love Shopify. It's so easy. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's very, it's, easy. yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Important. They should at least try because it is that easy. You know, it's not like 20 years ago with WordPress. Oh my God. I hate WordPress. <laughs> <laughs> and I used to always make my own websites for Shopify. But when it comes to WordPress, I've tried it before. Coming from Shopify to WordPress is not, it's not it. <laughs> mm -hmm. my do per I other... do have my personal website on uh, WordPress, but I hired someone for that. I was not going to mess around with WordPress. <laughs> gotcha. So let's say you're bootstrapping a business, you know, a website is only part of it. What other tools or services would you recommend to get a business off the ground, 
you know, yourself? Uh, from an e-commerce standpoint, there are apps I would recommend. Uh, I think it's different now. The apps I used to use compared to today, there are new apps. But yeah, definitely there are some apps like Sticky Cart. I think that's important to have or something similar. Uh, email, I think email is very important. Um, don't don't slack on or don't sleep on emails. <laughs> uh, that's really a way to generate revenue without spending on ads. So, you know, make sure that you're collecting emails. Um, you do need at least a monthly budget. You see, when you're bootstrapping a business, I think it's important to have another source of income. So you're able to feed that monthly. It's not going to be a one-shot thing. Chances are small that it's going to be a one-shot thing where you sell the product within the month and you make all this money like that people like to talk about um, and they won't tell you their secrets for it. And so I think when bootstrapping your business and it's a new business, I think it's important to do what you can. As in, yeah, I mentioned the email stuff already in the apps on the Shopify store, but also in terms of social media, you know, uh, go on Instagram and test that out. See where you get the most engagement and then go on TikTok too, test it out. See if you get even more engagement. Twitter, I've heard is not that great for ads yet. Uh, not to say you can't build a community on it. It's just probably not my first choice. <laughs> Chat GPT, like you mentioned, I think that would be very helpful. It definitely cuts down the time of thinking about captions to create. Um, you can make a content calendar with ChatGPT, so you don't have to invest as much time as you used to. Everything's easier for you now uh, with the help of AI. You have AI that can help create images as well. Um, and voice voiceovers too. I had an idea once, I haven't tried this yet. Maybe someone wants to try this and let me know. <laughs> but now with AI, you could use like Morgan Freeman voices and other celebrity voices and i think it would do well in converting if you can get some celebrity voice to talk about your product in an ad obviously you mentioned like that's not the actual actor somewhere in the ad but i, I think that would definitely help with conversions if people are familiar with that voice that makes sense and uh yeah i mean provided that you're upfront about it being AI generated. I think it's more yes. okay. I saw the Joe Rogan uh, deep fake ad. Um, There's a couple of them and that was a bad. creepy. Yes, that's illegal. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. Cause they, they didn't mention, yeah, no, they, I think, I, I hope they got in trouble for that. Cause they didn't mention that that, that, that was just all bad. <laughs> that was scary. Yeah. You don't you don't always yeah. get things like that in the advertising world. Like that was a that was like a newsworthy blunder. Yeah, the, it's newsworthy. It's new. I think you know. I think AI is amazing. It's an amazing tool. But I also think we have to be more careful about what we see in the content we digest uh, because you, yeah, it's going to be harder to differentiate what's real and what's fake. As time yeah. goes on. Right now, we could tell, right? <laughs> but it's only going to get more advanced. Yeah. How do you see 
e-commerce evolving over the next decade? I already see it happening now, but I think NFTs with e-commerce is going to be something. I think Adidas did that. Um, I know Marvel does that with some characters in comic books. I think that's going to get more popular. Um, I think when it comes to a metaverse, e-commerce could be a platform there too, where there's a virtual world. Uh, that's something I want to get into just because that sounds cool, but I just don't know how <laughs> currently. I'm like, where do you go for this stuff? Like, how do you actually sell for that virtual world? But I think, yeah, for the next decade, I think that is something that will be emerging. Yeah, I was talking to somebody, I forget even who, but I, I th this is going to come up on one future podcast episode. Basically, the concept of like the Willy Wonka reaching out and grabbing the candy bar from your TV screen. Like you, it's like advertised and then you just reach out and you grab it and then you just have it. And I think that's, that's crazy. <laughs> a, it, it's, it's an example of the direction that everything is going. Like, I, I think that's like, obviously that is not physically possible, but there are other similar concepts that are, you know, we're, they're already here. Like, you know, the concept mm -hmm. of like making a purchase on Amazon and having something delivered two hours later was, would sound crazy to people 20, yep. 20 years ago. Um, just like the logistics needed for that alone. So yeah. uh, I think that's we're moving in that direction. I think we're going to keep moving in that direction to predicting mm -hmm. what somebody's going to buy, uh, organizing logistics around that so that the product can be delivered instantly. And like, I don't think drones are gone forever. I think the tech might not be there with like the range and so forth. And there's like issues with like getting stuck in trees and stuff, obviously. So... Yeah, people um, shooting it down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but but I do see us moving towards a more real-time transaction on e-com. I think there was always a lag. But, like, you think about 30 years ago, you walk into the store, you just pick up the products, and you go. And you can you can have it instantly. So I, I think yeah. we are moving back to, like, to meet that uh, one day. Yes, I agree. I think everything eventually will get <laughs> the whole point of technology is to make things easier and easier. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with that. What do you think? The, yeah. What do you think the next big social media platform is going to be that hasn't been invented yet? What features will it have? It's a very good question. <laughs> yeah come, please tell me the future <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was like yeah if i came up with the idea i'd make it <laughs> um, <laughs> i <laughs> i really i don't know because it's surprising to me sometimes i could be a critic and then get proven wrong like in the case of the 35 million views <laughs> 34 million views generated i i was a critic for that and then I was a critic for that again and proved me wrong. So when I when I see new stuff emerging, I'm like, isn't that great? Turns out it's like I think TikTok, for example, I was like, oh, I don't know about TikTok. And then it became what it is today. Yeah. <laughs> um what features would it have? I know there's something now. I think maybe it might have this feature. I know there's an app now that not a lot of people talk about. 
but it might be growing where a certain time of the day at a certain time of the day everyone on the platform has to take a picture and they have two minutes to take it and it's called i've heard of that you know what i'm talking about i've heard of it yeah <laughs> it, it's supposed to be real like you know something like be real i think it's called be real or something where you know and within that time you have no time to edit those photos you have to show what you're doing at that moment i think front and back or just just the front camera or something um so it makes it more authentic it's a more authentic platform for posting that might be a feature in the new social media platform I think image recognition e-commerce is going to be a thing. So you see somebody wearing, you know, somebody sees the hoodie you're wearing and they just click on it and buy it. I think that's going to be. They kind of have that on Instagram. Yeah. Okay. So Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we're going there. I mean, it's, it's pretty clear. Yeah. It's like already pretty close. Like you can tag brands and stuff, you know, that way, but yes. I think it could be like fully automated too, like just image recognition and linking it to wherever you can get it. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, if it's not done already, but I know if you have like a product store on Instagram and you have the shop, you could tag your product on the photo. And then when people click it, they could go to the product page. Cool. Okay. So it's already being done yeah. manually. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Manually, yes, but with the AI, I think that that would be very helpful. <laughs> yeah. Um, I keep going back to the virtual world because I think you know, with Meta spending that much money, I, I'm pretty sure they, they failed at it, but that doesn't mean it would stop completely. Um, I think that's going to get bigger, and if anything, there's going to be a whole social media thing there. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I, I think the... I think that the metaverse depends is the popularity of the metaverse is inversely correlated with the state of the world. Like if the world gets better, people will spend less time in a virtual world. And as it, if it gets worse, it'll boom because it's like a <laughs> little, you know, utopia kind of. Yeah. It's still weird. That's stuff a good that thought too. There, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's definitely um, a, a progress, um, a process too. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess that makes sense, you know, if people don't want to experience the real world. So I also think that there's going to be more gated social media. I'm trying to think like a lot of things are cyclical. And I'm trying to think like 100 years ago, there was no widespread social media. There was like closed groups and like communities and you know, and that was your thing. Like that was your social media. It was like your town. And I think that like that could come back. Like there's a dating app, Raya, that I'm trying to get on. I can't. <laughs> well, <laughs> on. Like you need to get like invited. Why? You need to get invited by people. Wow. They like review if you're a good candidate. You gotta find them. You gotta <laughs> add one of those one of the people that work there on LinkedIn and ask. <laughs> that's a good idea actually um, <laughs> so i think that could come back like some like some kind of a bar to get in um because 
like you, we see what's happening when you just let anybody on the platform is people just create fake accounts and then sell them to people. And then it messes up the whole thing. Like then you have bots, yep. you have propaganda, you have like, yep. you don't know what's what. Twitter is like a dumpster fire full of bots. So I think that could come back like a little bit more selection in who's you on know, the platform. It's so funny you say that. What, what is Raya about? Dating. Oh, well, well, like, you know, what's their whole concept with, with the platform? Like, I mean, I don't know much about it. I, I just know celebrities use it. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I know that I I saw this on Instagram the other day that there's another type of dating company. They're making rings that look like blue. And you put them on your finger to show singles in your area that you're single. <laughs> So wow. instead of being on the dating app, swipe, 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 you know, this is more like a social experiment where you can wear a blue ring to let people know that you're looking to date and you're single. I love that. <laughs> so, I mean, it's kind of like you said, it's new. Yeah. And, and you're talking about like a hybrid between online and offline interactions. I love that. Yes. I think that's another direction yes. that it could go. So, I think it was a pretty cool concept. I'm like, okay, that's nice. Like we're we're getting out of the digital and we're getting back into actually meeting people in real life. Yeah. Plus it's a, it's a it's a good talking point. I know there's this is the marketing podcast, but <laughs> there's some people that, you know, have trouble speaking or initiating conversation and I think having that ring on might be, you know, another good way to initiate a conversation easier. Yeah. Oh, hey, mm -hmm. I, you know, I see that ring. That's, I've heard of that company, yeah. you know, that's really cool. Yeah. Like, hey, you have that too? I do too. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's interesting. I think it's important, you know, to understand the direction where social media is going in it. And, you know, we'll listen to this podcast episode in five years, 10 years and see maybe something's come out that, yeah. you know, aligns with yeah. what we're predicting. So I'm very curious. That'd be pretty and, cool. Uh, yeah, it's it's important to stay on. Maybe okay. Here's a good final uh, fi final question. So, when it comes to these new social media platforms, do you think that brands should be experimenting with these uh, new platforms with new content, and or do you think it's better to f hone in on more you know older platforms that have been around for a while that it's easy to master? You know, what's the how do you decide between you know, the level of effort to put into, you know, this brand new social media platform, maybe it'll take off, maybe not, but it's definitely like ca going to capture like the innovators versus where the majority is sitting. Yeah. I would say if you already have systems set on the platforms you're already using and you have the time to get into that new platform, then I would definitely do that because it would be so much easier for you to build that audience on the new platform everything you know you're not competing as much with other brands uh you know TikTok. i know for level eight TikTok is easier to get followers um i mean you know if you pay for ads it's a lot cheaper than instagram uh so you can grow followers very quickly and that gives us the opportunity to grow our audience there but yeah i, I think if you have your system set and you can put that time and energy to the new platform i would Awesome. Because that might be your new best uh, 
source of revenue. It makes sense. Um, cool. Well, thank you, Christian. This has been an awesome conversation. Of course. Thanks for coming on. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Thank you.